0: Hail Dictinus! Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Trees are sanctuaries. Whoever knows how to speak to them, whoever knows how to listen to them, can learn the truth. Welcome to Storytelling Earth, the 255th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century German-Swiss poet and novelist Hermann Hesse. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwalt's Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Merry mate, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. Yeah, it's a storytelling it is. time. It's We're finishing up the, the elements one. It's the first of the month, so we're going to start our housekeeping off with reading all the names of our patrons. Yay! There are 33 kittens. We love you, kittens. Thank you, kittens. There are 20 cats, and their names are Stephanie Danielson, Annalise Scharfenberger, Avener, Renjamin, Tiffany Kozash, Ebby, Nikki Norcross, Renee N., Amber Stark, Annabelle Lee, Rose Shepard, Candy Russell, The Dryad, Mandy Kuhns, Elisa Durka, Kelly Burt, Shakora, Rebecca Hillman, Quinn Ann ASMR, and Cindy Barrick.
1: We love you cats.
0: Thank you cats. There are forty six hunters, and their names are Zena White Owl Rhea, Heather Doyle, Ames of Ashland, Tanku, Dwyer, Kellen Tasber, Sarah Goff, Leanne Gee, Scout, Lisa N, Annie Ray, Tom Warfell, CJ Kaufman, Hexa Luna, Assipiter, Ivy Rose, Cameron Grant, Ashley Ann, Don Taylor, Maharat, Talia Franks, Crimson Ryan, Druidica Hart, Mach 2556, Alicia Noble, Precious Fire, Rowan Oak the Wiccan Wizard, Sam Wise the Blonde, Charlene Hughes, Goddess Incognito, Rhiannon M. Gray, Lapetite Poison, Loriana Lee Knapp, Kai Oakenshield, Ryan Hopkins, Rochalla and Dasvid, David Dashiffin Keys, Chris Calibri, Sky Beerce, Saranth Odenson, Whispers of the Grove, Alyssa Addy, Gray Lathrop, Dahlia Darge, Jessica Jones, and Charles Howison. We love you hunters. Thank you, hunters. There are seven tigers, and their names are Yuki Quinn, M.B. Strang, Around Grandfather Fire, Weavers of the Web ATC, Kelly and Jim, Amanda Hicks, and Crystal of Apothecary Tees. We love you tigers. Thank you, Tigers. There are four leopards, and their names are Michaela Belpersh, Jody Cosy, Luna. And Gary Bearstorm. We love you, leopards. Thank you, leopards. And there are three jaguars. Jaguars. And they are Silver Wolf Arrow, Nolan Hayes, and Justin Stanage. Thank Thank you, you,
1: Jaguars. jaguars. We love you, too.
0: Yes, we do. And that is all of our patrons. Yay. Thank you, patrons.
1: Thank you, patrons. As always, we really do appreciate your support. Mm
0: -hmm. Help us keep the lights on. Help us
1: keep the lights on and and literally. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we just, we really, really appreciate you. So if anybody else who is listening wants to, um, you know, join the other patrons Mm -hmm. uh, on our Patreon page to support this podcast, we would surely appreciate
0: it. And you can find a link to that on our website at the number three, PagansAndACat.com.
1: But we also just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you. We're glad you're listening. Mm-hmm.
0: And on that note, we do actually have some logistical housekeeping. Yes, we do. So Gwen and I have been talking about it. And in 2024, we have decided we're going to move back to a biweekly schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had a bi-weekly schedule for a couple of years now, like, I think. Like four. Yeah. That we, well, <laughs> I don't know if it's been that long, but it's been a while. That we've been doing weekly. But we have over 250 episodes now. This is the 255th episode. Holy shit. Um, (laughs) And frankly... It's just a little too much for us to keep up with at this point. Gwyn is working seven days a week. So she has very little time to get ready for episodes. And honestly, we are we are reaching the limits of what we have available to talk about. Yep. <laughs> um, I just don't know that I have 52 episode concepts in me for next year. <laughs> so we are going to narrow our scope a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Go back to our original Exactly. Um, well, our original, our original schedule was monthly, but monthly. that didn't ever last. No, um, but our a second original? Yeah, our, our, <laughs> our second pass uh Strategy. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna every two weeks there will be an episode instead of every week. Mm-hmm. We will still be doing the live recordings in the Discord. Nothing else is gonna change. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be that we'll be doing it every two weeks instead of every week. That's right. Hopefully you will continue to enjoy those episodes in 2024, mm-hmm. even if they are a little less frequent.
1: That's right. And remember, you do have a very a
0: huge backlog, very
1: <laughs> large backlog of uh, of episodes with which to content yourself mm-hmm. when you know for those two weeks in the month that we are
0: not for the off weeks yeah for the off weeks. um and there are of course a bunch of other excellent pagan podcasts that you can that's listen right. to including that's right. our friends around grandfather fire absolutely um and <laughs> if you go to our discord people have recommended all of their favorite that's podcasts right. for the last five years <laughs> that's right so okay anything else we need to do for housekeeping not that i can think of right now okay then we are, for this episode, House Kept and House Wept. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we are going to be, yeah, we're doing storytelling. So Gwyn has one story and I have three. <laughs> yep. Yep. So organizing this one, uh, inevitably I'm going to be just reading two back to back at some point. At here. some point.
1: <laughs> at some point. And part of it was, as uh, Owen has mentioned, uh-huh. I, I work 56 hours a week.
0: Yeah. So. so she just she just has limited time. I have limited time.
1: <laughs> but I also kind of got myself into a groove of the kind
0: of story I wanted to tell. Yeah, call. and she just was not willing to branch out from it. And
1: I got <laughs> obsessed with, I've got to find what I'm
0: looking for. Uh-huh, and sh- she couldn't find it. And I
1: couldn't find it. <laughs> uh-huh. I was so annoyed. Other than ones I've already done. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I just was like, and I wanted to branch away from the Greeks. Mm-hmm.
0: And that also cursed her. <laughs> yes, that also cursed
1: me. So who knows? Maybe yeah. in a deep dive,
0: I'll be able to use some yeah, she, of the knowledge that I've gleaned. She, she, was, she was telling me, like, I learned about all these gods and goddesses, but I can't find stories for any of them. Nope. Nope. It was quite frustrating,
1: actually. Yeah. And the f- stories, uh, the sex- places where I could have found stories were all behind paywalls. Mm-hmm. So there was like, well...
0: Shit, shit. (laughs) That's not going to work. That's not going to help. I guess I'll do an episode. An episode. An episode. (laughs) episode. (laughs) I'll do a story first, and then you can do your story, and then I'll do my last two stories. And I
1: can do a commercial in there somewhere. Yeah,
0: yep. (laughs) (laughs) You can do a commercial between two of my stories. There you go. Between my two back-to-back stories. That way
1: you'll hear my dulcet (laughs) Uh tones at least a little bit Uh throughout the episode.
0: I guess I will start then with my first story which by pure coincidence is from the same uh culture that gwyn's story is from it's an egyptian story mm-hmm. so i am maybe telling the tale of two brothers uh, this is the a story about anpu and bata mm. so anpu and bata were two brothers who lived together anpu is older and bata is younger Anpu was married and Bata was not. They lived very closely together and they were very close um, as brothers. One day when Anpu was out working the fields, Bata went back to their home ahead of him and Anpu's wife came on to him.
1: Oh, dear. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm sensing bad things. Uh-huh.
0: So Anpu's wife is trying to seduce Bata for whatever reason. Rude. Um, and Bata rejects her. Oh,
1: well. Faithful brother. Mm -hmm.
0: Faithful brother says, absolutely not. I will not betray my brother this way. When Anpu comes home, before Bata can get his half of the story out, Anpu's wife immediately claims that Bata tried to rape her. Oh,
1: man. Uh
0: Uh-huh. That's terrible. Exactly. And Anpu is overtaken with outrage of course and starts chasing his brother to kill him Mm, um like you do exactly so bata is fleeing from anpu and anpu is gaining on him and bata desperately prays to the gods like please please save me so i can explain that i didn't do this and the gods take pity on him uh, and one of the gods creates a vast lake between Bata and Anpu, infested with crocodiles Ah. and water snakes and and things to to make sure that Anpu won't hippos. Exactly, exactly, hippos. You
1: definitely don't want to fuck with a hippo. Don't don't
0: fuck with a hippo. Anpu won't just swim across the lake and still (laughs) kill Bata. Um, So there's this dangerous water between them, and that gives Bata enough breathing room that he can shout his explanation across the lake. This is what happened! Uh uh Your wife is a a liar! liar. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me! And Anpu is doubting him, obviously. He's believing his wife. Mm -hmm. um, Because why would she make this up? Right. And Bata, to prove his sincerity, castrates himself. Oh
1: my god, that's a little uh, (laughs) excessive.
0: Severe. Um castrate, castrates himself and throws his genitals into the into the into with, the lake what is with the egyptians in it's that it's just a thing it's a, it's thing. Just a thing it is a them. thing um el says hmm that sounds like a bible story yeah I there's a very the exact similar same thing very similar energy there yeah yep but it branches off so anpu having witnessed this proof of his brother's sincerity is like all right, damn, Bata. <laughs> I okay. Guess, I guess you probably didn't, <laughs> actually. <laughs> that's quite extreme. That's, that's quite extreme. <laughs> I t- I'm taking you seriously. And so Bata still shouting across this lake.
1: <laughs> While he's bleeding to death. <laughs>
0: You're right. Uh, I guess maybe it's a magical castration. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, um, but he's, he shouts across the lake to Anpu As happy as I am that you believe me, still just not sure. I, I completely trust you not to murder me if I come back across this lake. So I'm going to go live in the land of cedars. I will take out my heart. And I will hide it in a cedar blossom. Oh my goodness. uh, In the tallest cedar tree in the land of cedars. And if I ever die, you can get my heart out of that cedar blossom and resurrect me, and then I'll know that you're still faithful to me. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Again, with the extreme. Exactly. Bata's like a a drama queen. (laughs) 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 And Anpu's like, okay. Have fun I guess in the land of cedars. I'm going to go home and murder my wife. Uh, again, for, extreme. For depriving me of my brother. my brother. Yes, my my brother who was my actual true loyal companion. So they separate. And Anpu goes home and kills his wife, and Mata goes to the land of cedars and takes out his heart, puts it in the blossom of the, the tallest cedar tree, and he builds his home there. Okay. So he's living without his heart mm-hmm, in the land of cedars. Okay. So his heart is in this tree now. Um, and
1: he's a eunuch. And he's a eunuch.
0: However, one of the gods, again, takes pity on Bata.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love gift that says, not a family of subtlety.
0: No. They're they're go big or go home people. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and Brandon says, okay, so it must be magical castration because the man can also just rip out his own heart. <laughs> and yeah, still live. And still live. Put it in a tree and be fine. Fine. Uh-huh. Build a house. Exactly. Oh, and I forgot. Um, before they separate, Bata... Let's Anpu know, like, so how I'll let you know if I've died, (laughs) I'm giving this prophecy to you that if you ever get a a jar of beer that's really frothy, then you'll know that I have died. So I guess Egyptian beer maybe didn't have maybe froth. Maybe they didn't have a froth. Traditionally, I don't know. Okay. That's uh, interesting. A, an uncarbonated beer that they had in Egypt. So all if right. it had a froth, that would be suspicious, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so like I said, so then they separate. <laughs> and Vata is, is living in the Land of Cedars. And one of the gods takes pity on him because he's living all alone in the Land of Cedars. And um, mutilated. And, yeah, and has castrated himself and put his heart in a tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the creator gods makes him a wife. Oh. Just a divinely created wife for him as like, man, sorry all that shit happened to you. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> that Anpu's wife sucked. Here, have a hopefully improved <laughs> wife for you. <laughs> and she is this- How kind. Right. And she's uh, beautiful hmm. and intelligent and everything you would want in a wife, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she is, you know, divinely created by right. a, an Egyptian creator god. Right. So obviously she attracts the attention of a pharaoh.
1: Oh, of course she does.
0: Uh-huh. Because, uh, oh, you know, mercy. she has all these fine qualities. Yes, she do. And, you know, she's she's the directly, essentially, the daughter of a god.
1: I am not liking the direction <laughs> of this story.
0: <laughs> so the pharaoh <laughs> convinces Bata's new divine wife that she should marry him instead well
1: she probably he has money he, and right he's power. got all yeah exactly
0: he's got a nice fat and a heart and genitals yeah there is that <laughs> so so he's got all these qualities bata doesn't have <laughs> <laughs> so she agrees to marry the pharaoh instead but she married she well, she she was created as his wife. Effectively. Okay, so they didn't. So like they didn't have like a marriage necessarily, but she was created as his wife. Okay, like it was a uh, supposed to be an inherent quality. I gotcha. Think. Apparently not. Yeah. Um. It didn't. It didn't, it last. didn't stick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she decides she's gonna go be with the pharaoh instead. Okay. When she joins the pharaoh, she convinces the pharaoh. Okay. Well, so that I can marry you because I am technically Bata's wife. So that I can marry you. We'll have to handle Bata. Oh no,
1: poor yeah. Bata! <laughs> poor Bata!
0: Jesus, Bata can't catch a break. It no, says, oh, yeah, he cannot. Um, so damn. So she tells the Pharaoh, find the tallest tree in the land of cedars and steal his heart and cut it down.
1: <gasps> She's a bitch. She's a
0: bad, bad, bad wife. The Creator deity did not. Did not give Bata a good wife, actually. No. Brandon says, to be fair, they never bothered to ask what she wanted, so more power to her, I guess. Poor Bata, though. Yeah, the creator deity really um, messed up on that one. Really fucked this one up. Mm-hmm. so well, yeah. Yep. The pharaoh has uh, the tallest tree in the land of cedars chopped down. And Bata promptly... Dies. ...falls over dead. Oh! But Anpu over...
1: Did he get a frothy beer? On the other side of, <laughs> other side of Egypt,
0: gets a frothy beer <laughs> served to him and is like, oh no, my brother is dead. I must go to the land of cedars and retrieve his heart. Oh my. So he journeys to the land of cedars mm-hmm. and he finds this massive cedar tree trunk just mm-hmm. fallen in the middle of the land of cedars. And... It takes him seven years searching through every cedar blossom from this tree to find the one that had Bata's heart hidden in it. But he spends those seven years meticulously sifting through every cedar blossom and he finds the right one finally. And through some magical arts of his own, he puts it in a a bowl of cold water and this resurrects Bata, but in the form of a bull. Okay. So. Bata, as this bull, goes, it's been seven years, goes to see what's up with his wife oh, <laughs> and boy. the pharaoh. Okay. Um, so he, you know, treks his way out there. and like, Anpou, hey, baby. Exactly. And <laughs> Anpu presumably just watches him go because we don't uh, hear of him accompanying him in any way. Anpu, I guess, is just like, hey, my brother's back in some form. Good enough. Sabata so goes. <laughs>
1: okay, well, that was unexpected. Uh huh.
0: That's not <laughs> that's not the kind of resurrection I was anticipating. But okay. Okay. Bulbata goes to the pharaoh's palace and roams around until he finds his wife. Mm-hmm. And she takes one look at him and instantly knows because she has divine insight. This is my dead husband. <laughs> my,
1: my newly resurrected husband.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So she goes to the pharaoh and she says, "I've found, I've discovered this wonderful bull, uh, and I, I would like to eat its liver." <gasps> <laughs> so She's
1: terrible, uh-huh.
0: Jesus! So, so the pharaoh, of course, this is his beautiful wife, so he agrees, and has the bull slaughtered uh, and sacrificed, and gives her the liver to eat.
1: Oh my God!
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Because he, this bull Bata, was born from the cedar tree, mm-hmm. two drops of his blood that spill on the ground sprout up as new trees. Okay. And these trees grow very, very fast. And in the middle of, you know, the butchery where they sacrifice right. the bull. Right. And his wife is looking at these trees just knowing. Mm. Knowing this is fucking Bata again. He's back a third he time. just keeps <gasps> coming back. He just keeps coming back. So she tells the pharaoh... To chop down the fucking trees. She tells the pharaoh, "Chop down these trees for me and make them into furniture." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, the indignity of the this. The
1: indignity. <laughs>
0: the audacity. Oh of my this. God, Jesus! This woman. Uh huh. The pharaoh obviously again agrees. Well, yeah, sure. We've got these magic trees, and my wife, who is the daughter of a god, wants them. So sure. We'll chop them down and make some new furniture for you. Do
1: we ever get a name for this pharaoh?
0: No. <laughs> Bata and Anpur are the only people in this story who have names. He chops down these trees and has them made into furniture. And his wife is overseeing this whole process because she is done yeah. with Bata uh-huh. coming back in new forms. Uh-huh. <laughs> and harassing her in her new life as the wife of a pharaoh. Making her feel guilty. Uh-huh, for her crimes. <laughs> but because she's overseeing this process, she is accidentally hit by a splinter from the trees. (laughs) And the splinter impregnates her. (gasps) With Bata's child? With reincarnated Bata. Bata. Of course, of course. So Bata is born as his god wife's child. Oh my word. And the pharaoh just assumes that this is... His His magic baby. Yeah, his, his son. And so Bata is crowned as the prince. And eventually he peacefully inherits the kingdom. And as soon as he does, he appoints Anfu, his original older brother, as his crown prince. And they happily ever after rule the land of egypt what
1: happens to the
0: the the queen no idea disappears (laughs) she she, she, she disappears or she dies naturally or who knows who knows (laughs) he has her locked away in a palace who can say who can
1: say um oh my god well (laughs) he finally gets rewarded for the ultimate uh everything Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) holy
0: crap yeah what a story Uh, Elle says, could have made her so she'd actually love Bata. Yeah, that seems like a, like, something that was missed when the creator was making her. Mm. Because he created her, like, literally for Bata, but apparently didn't bother to create any kind of affection. Yeah. Elle says, Bata's wife just trying to escape her destiny. Yep, this reads like a horror story for this woman. Mm Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, she is repeatedly murdering him. Yeah. So I don't know. Mi- mi- mixed opinions on this one. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like Finn's moral of the story never give up. Yeah, just keep being
0: just, reincarnated
1: just until keep you Keep coming it right. back until it gets right and you are vindicated mm-hmm. for all the wrongs that have been perpetrated against you.
0: All starting because your brother's wife accused you uh, falsely. Falsely of, accused of, of you rape. of rape. Ay-yay-yay. Yeah, ay, grand and says, "Well, guy doesn't hold a grudge, I guess. Yeah, like I said, as far as I can tell, the the divine wife never receives any kind of comeuppance.
1: No, that, which is why her her uh, vendetta against yeah. him makes no sense. Oh
0: yeah, she just she just raises him as her child, and eventually he inherits <laughs> well, peacefully.
1: I guess she just got over it. <laughs>
0: peaceful transfer of power. Yeah, she's
1: just like maybe well, she
0: doesn't realize it's reincarnated Bata. Who knows? Maybe she
1: didn't realize she'd gotten splinterized. Yeah,
0: maybe. Who can say?" <laughs> But, so that is the tale of two brothers. Um, it's an ancient Egyptian story, and it is recorded in one of the, the papyri that we still have.
1: Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting.
0: <laughs> Elsa's wife is like, well, he can't make me marry him anymore, so I guess this is fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this story comes from lower Egyptian gods. Mm-hmm. They are brother and sister, Geb and Newt. Geb was the earth deity, and Newt was the sky deity, and they were twins. Mm. They were born to Shu and Tefnut.
0: Okay.
1: And Shu was the god of air.
0: Okay.
1: And Tefnut uh, had something to do with the sky. Okay. The heavens. <laughs> the heavens. But here's the thing. They loved each other. And not in a brotherly, sisterly, <laughs> twin kind of way. They absolutely were enamored with one another and loved one another and wanted to be together as husband and wife. Well, this outraged the deities, the the gods. Mm-hmm. They they were just shocked by their by their unseemly behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Which is really funny because there's so much incest. So
1: much incest. In- Maybe it started with them. Maybe. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he was the Earth Daddy. And this I thought was interesting is he was always depicted as a green man. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you'd see him with a goose on his head. Mm-hmm. And she was this blue woman who was covered in stars. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would lay across.
0: Like the horizon. The
1: horizon. Her fingertips touching the land. And she held the sky up on her back. Mm. And what, hmm, um, <clears throat> Geb liked to do was lie underneath her. Ah!
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, join. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. have some good times.
0: Oh, okay. Together. Very right.
1: gotcha. And Ra, who was the, the ultimate creator of all these things and all these beings, um,
0: strongly associated with and the sun, the
1: sun. Yeah. he was appalled. Could have been because he and um, Kansu, the moon, would travel through Newt. Mm-hmm. And in the evenings, through her through her mouth, and were given birth, uh, you know, were born morning. every every morning. So maybe the whole concept was just kind of, un, you know, undignified to them? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, they were they were appalled, and Ra especially was upset. Okay. And so he had Shu... Who
0: was one of their parents, Who was yeah? one
1: of their parents, their okay. father. He had Shu separate them completely. So that's why the Earth... Was right. you know on the earth, and, and then Newt was in was the sky, and they were supposed to be forever separated for, by the atmosphere by <laughs> the atmosphere for three hundred and sixty days. Okay. Well, apparently, Geb was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. He cried so much he created the oceans. Uh oh. From his tears. <laughs> I mean, he was just he was so upset that he couldn't be with his sister, and um, that they couldn't share their love together you know here's this beautiful sky woman and mm-hmm. he's this you know good looking this, this, this earth hunky earth guy this hunky earth guy and you know everybody's getting all bent out, bent of, shape. out of shape over like, their love like they don't
0: marry their sisters all the time exactly
1: exactly so what he does is he goes to the god of wisdom and the god of wisdom is thoth yeah i just gonna say I don't know. He, I guess, he takes pity on them, has mercy. He decides that he, you know, feeling bad for their plight and feeling bad, you know, how upset mm-hmm. Geb is, he decides to help.
0: Also, you want to make sure Geb doesn't just flood the world. Maybe there's that.
1: <laughs> Since his tears are creating mm-hmm. the ocean. it's yep. you know, kind of kind of an emergency
0: there, situation. There's some concerns.
1: There's some. There's some concern. What. Thoth does, is he goes to Khonsu, the moon, mm-hmm. and he convinces Khonsu to give him five days of light, of the moonlight. Okay. And then what Khonsu does is create that as an extra five days.
0: Oh, that, the 365
1: days. Uh-huh. So that... Five extra days are the five days that, that, that Geb... That Toth gifted to... T- that that he gifted to his, I guess, his niece and nephew. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Basically, and so that they have those five days to be together, where apparently they have marathon sex.
0: Well, if you've only got five days out of the year, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that That is, they have marathon sex. Oh, and the other thing was Ra mm-hmm. had said was because he was so upset. Right. He basically cursed her from having any children. Mm-hmm. But because the wisdom of Thoth mm-hmm. gave them this five days for their marathon sex, they had Osiris, Horus, Seth, Isis, and Nephthys.
0: So everyone important. Every
1: important <laughs> god <laughs> was born from the union of Geb and, and Newt, thanks to their uncle. Thoth. <laughs> Thoth. Or toth, whichever Thoth, whichever it is. However you say it. And uh, maybe the... Not really paying attention, Uh Khonsu, of what he was giving (laughs) when he gave away that that five days of (laughs) of light. Uh So yeah, so that is the story of uh, Geb and Newt. These siblings and husband and wife who created some of the most important deities in the Egyptian pantheon.
0: Rhiannon Gray says about the resistance to incest among the Egyptian gods. And, that seems hypocritical, but maybe it's because <laughs> twins and not just siblings. I know a lot of cultures have something about twins being the same person, basically. Mm-hmm. So it could be like a you're in love with yourself rather than you're in love with your brother. Could be. And then Rhiannon says either the twin thing or just shirking their duties to bone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which they did.
0: apparently. Or at least they do. They
1: do. Now. Now for, for that five days. <laughs> But yeah, I thought their story was interesting. Mm -hmm. And but yeah, there's a lot of incest in, you know, and a lot of pretty much every pantheon. Pretty much every pantheon, so I don't know what Uh, they were getting uh, so fucking upset about. uh, But yeah, yeah. But it it was amazing to me when I found out who their children ended up being. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say, like they have like they're directly responsible for three quarters of the Mm -hmm. the gods we have stories about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Very interesting.
1: So there you go. That was my one story. That I could find. I like it. I was just glad to find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I like it. I like that one. Yeah. So my second story is a Japanese folktale.
1: Oh, I like the Japanese ones.
0: There used to be a village where a kind older couple lived next to a very mean older couple. (laughs)
1: Like you do. Uh
0: huh. Uh, uh, And they just had to put up with each other. (laughs) They were. Not friendly with each other, but the the kind older couple made sure not to antagonize the mean older couple. And the kind old couple had a little white dog named Shiro that they loved very much. He was their favorite companion. He was like their child and they gave him all the best foods and they took him for little walks and they absolutely doted on little Shiro. So one day, Shiro leads the kind old man out to a field. But so the kind old man is following Shiro, who's just barking up a storm to see what's up, what's wrong, Shiro. And Shiro picks a particular spot in the field and he's just digging, 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 barking, 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 barking. Like you do? Uh Uh-huh. Like dogs do. Like you do. Um, When you're a dog. But the kind old man, you know, is so accustomed to to just humoring Shiro. He says, oh, what's wrong, Shiro. Do you, want, do you want help digging whatever it is you're trying to, to to find? And so he goes back home, and he gets a shovel, and he comes back out of the field, and he helps Shiro dig his hole. That's very nice. Uh-huh. Because he's
1: a kind old man. Exactly.
0: He's a kind old man, and he's, he's humoring his dog. Mm-hmm. But what he finds at the bottom of this hole is a pot, and when he uncovers the pot, it is full of gold. Oh. So he, you know, carries this treasure out of the hole in his field that he didn't know was there, mm-hmm. and brings it back home and he distributes this treasure to everyone in his village so that everyone can share in Shiro's good luck. Because mm-hmm. obviously this Shiro found it. so mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Then he doesn't need it. Exactly.
0: So. so And he's perfectly happy with his little home and his little dog and his little wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he shares this treasure out with everyone, and the mean old man who lives next door is very, very unhappy about this, even though he also gets a share of the treasure. Mm-hmm. Where did this dog find... A pot full of gold, so he asks the kind old man if he can borrow Shiro. Oh boy! And the kind old man says, "Oh, of course! If do you need some help with? Do you have some some foxes or something stealing your chickens?" And the the mean old man says, "It doesn't matter why I need him. Can I borrow him or not?" And the kind old man says, "Well, yes, of course. Of course you can borrow Shiro. He's a good boy. I'm sure he'll help you with whatever you need." The mean old man takes Shiro out and puts him on a leash, which the kind old man never does because Shiro is so good and obedient and just follows at his heels. Uh, and he drags Shiro out to a field and he says, find me gold or I will beat you. And Shiro, being a very smart dog, sniffs around in this field, finds a spot and starts digging. <laughs> and the mean old man digs where Shiro indicates, but all he digs up is a pile of smelly garbage.
1: That's all he deserves. That's all he
0: deserves, yes. But he's so angry... That he strikes Shiro on the head with his shovel. Does he kill him? And kills Shiro. Oh, motherfucker. Yes, the mean old man kills Shiro. Oh, no. And the kind old man comes the next day to collect his dog. Yeah. And the mean old man tells him, your dog is dead. Wow. Just flat just out. flat out? Just just says, your, your dog is stupid and dead. Oh, my God. And the kind old man is heartbroken, cool. obviously. Obviously, yeah. And he brings poor little Shiro back home. And his wife is also heartbroken right? because, you know, this is their beloved dog. They go and they find a, a nice spot and they sit vigil with Shiro all night. And they, they bury him in the morning and they plant a pine tree over his grave. Aw, Shiro. So that they always remember Shiro and that they always know exactly where he is. Mm-hmm. And this pine tree grows very, very quickly. In a couple of weeks, it's as big as a years-old tree. Hmm. And the kind old woman is studying this pine tree and thinking about Shiro. And, and, and she says to, to her husband, you know, maybe we should make some of Shiro's favorite treats. Make, make him some offerings uh, at his grave for, of, of all the things he enjoyed most. Uh, and I like that idea. Exactly. And the kind old man says, I like that idea. I I, I support this, but we don't have a mortar. Our our mortar was damaged. The kind old woman says, well, this tree grew very fast. Perhaps it's a gift from Shiro. We can cut it down and make a mortar from this so that we can make his favorite treats. Mm -hmm. And the kind old man says, yes, I think that's a very good idea. So they cut down this pine tree and they craft this beautiful mortar and they start pouring in the rice so that they can make the, you know, all the, the fancy little treats that they used to make him because they used to make him all the best foods. Of course. Because um, he was a good little dog. He was a good little dog. But as they're pounding the rice, something seems off. The texture is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they look into the mortar and all of the rice has turned to gold. Of course it has. <laughs> of course it has. Uh-huh. So the kind old man and the kind old woman are, are celebrating that, oh, well, Shira must be looking out for us. Um, But we'll have to spend some of this gold to get a different mortar so that we can make sure his his treats. treats. But the mean old man is spying on them. Of course he is. And he catches sight of the kind old man pounding rice in the mortar and it turning to gold. Mm -hmm. So the next day he goes to the kind old man and he says, neighbor, can I borrow your mortar? And the kind old man says, well, it's very precious to me, but yes, you may borrow it. Uh, And when we go to to get our own uh, a second mortar, Uh, tomorrow we'll we'll get you one as well so that you can have your own mortar as well and the mean old man says i don't care just give me this mortar today the kind old man says very well you you can of course borrow it and the mean old man takes the mortar to his house and he pours some rice in and he starts pounding it and tell me it turns to poo nothing happens (laughs) it just it just it's just rice it's just rice. it's just rice and it being pounded in a, in a, in is, a, in a beautiful mortar. Is it at least spoiled rice? Nope. Just, it, it, it just, it just stays <laughs> rice. rice, but he doesn't, he's not getting what he wants. Right.
1: Cause he doesn't deserve exactly. it. He doesn't. He's a so bad guy. he
0: puts the mortar in his stove and burns oh, it to ashes. Motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus,
1: <laughs> this guy is a bad guy. It's very
0: spiteful. So the kind old man comes to his house the next day and says, hello neighbor. Uh, I've brought you a mortar of your own. May I have mine back? And the mean old man says, You can take whatever you want out of the stove. That's where I put it last night.
1: When is the nice old man going to get the fact that this other man is mean and he should have nothing to do with him (laughs) Uh, ever?
0: He wants to support his community. Well, he can support the
1: rest of the fucking community.
0: (laughs) So the, the kind old man is, of course, heartbroken. Because this mortar was a gift from Shiro. It was, you know, it was this this last thing that he gave to them uh, with with the tree that grew on his grave. So he gathers up the ashes from the mean old man's stove and he takes them home and he tells his wife, this is what remains of the mortar that we (sighs) made from Shiro's tree. And they're heartbroken again. Again. Jesus. But it's the middle of winter and there's not a whole lot they can do right now. So Mm -hmm. they take these ashes and they decide, all right, well will scatter these ashes in the garden so that at least maybe something new will grow in the spring. Mm-hmm. So they take them out to, to the garden where all their trees and all their, their flowers are currently dormant. And they sprinkle the ashes of the mortar uh, around the soil. Mm-hmm. And instantly, all of their cherry trees bloom. Of course. In the middle of winter. Uh, yeah, Which, yes, of course. Of course they do. This obviously attracts a great deal of attention because it is the middle of winter and these trees are supposed to be dormant right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everyone from the villages co- comes out to Gawk and they, you know, when, when they go into town for market, they tell all their friends there, like, you have to see what has happened to my neighbor's trees. Yeah. They, they, they just sprinkle a little bit of ash and all the trees bloom. And eventually the news of this reaches the local prince. Okay. And the prince has a beloved cherry tree of his own which he discovers has died. Oh. His cherry tree has died. And he is very upset about this himself. Cherry trees are important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he summons kind old man Mm -hmm. to come to his castle. And he says, if you can revive my cherry tree, I will give you anything you like. And can he banish the mean old man? (laughs) And the kind old man says, well, of course, I will do the best that I can for you. But I'm not the one who revives the cherry trees. Uh, It is the ash that came from the mortar, that came from the tree, that came from the grave of my dog Shiro. <laughs> kind
1: of a, that's kind of a the little old lady who uh-huh, yeah, followed exactly. a fly uh-huh, kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So he goes home and he, he takes a pinch of the ashes uh, and he goes back to the castle. And he climbs up to the top of the prince's dead cherry tree and he sprinkles the ashes on the branch. And, uh, of course, instantly Instant. the cherry tree is revived to perfect health and it begins to bloom.
1: Huzzah! Mm-hmm.
0: And... The prince is overjoyed and like it would be. asks the, the kind old man what he wants in return for this... this. Great favor. I like
1: this prince. Mm -hmm. He sounds like he's a good dude.
0: Mm -hmm. He's just concerned about history. That's That's all he wants. (laughs) So having gotten history, he now wants to give the reward he promised. Mm -hmm. And the kind old man says, I don't need uh, any any gold or anything special. Um, My dog Shiro got me those things. (laughs) Like
1: they do. Exactly.
0: I am perfectly content with my life and my wife and my house. The only thing that grieves me is the loss of my dog Shiro. And the prince says, well, I can't leave you without any reward. So I am knighting you. <laughs> and I am giving you a new name, which means makes trees blossom. Okay. And you have been elevated to the gentry. And you can leave your village uh, and your terrible neighbor and have a fine house. Whatever, wherever, wherever you wish. The kind old man and the and his wife live happily ever after with the, the favor of this prince and... Reserve just always a little pinch of Shiro's ashes in case they ever need to make a tree bloom. Oh, that's neat. Yeah.
1: Because we don't know what happens to the no old man.
0: There, <clears throat> there are versions of this story where he meets various fates. There's, he deserves to meet a terrible fate. <laughs> there, there's a version where he, like, goes to prison for repeatedly destroying the kind old man's things. Well, he <laughs> murdered a dog. He killed the dog, Yes. Githa says, I'd ask for a new living location, yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. He yeah. so essentially <laughs> got it. He could go wherever he wanted. Mm-hmm, yeah. So that is the story of the kind old man who makes trees bloom. I like that.
1: Thanks to our Tiger Solenox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, Aquarian Tabernacle Church, organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative, with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property, which would allow them to expand their current network of resources, including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a Pagans in Need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash weaversatc.
0: Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. Rhiannon and Gray says, Is that the first story not involving a deity? I can't remember any others, but there's also been a lot of story times. I don't think so. I think there have been other folk tales we've told that, that mm-hmm. don't explicitly have the um involvement of at least a named deity, mm-hmm. although sometimes there is like the intervention of a god or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I have one more story to tell, and I was originally going to retell this story but I'm actually going to read it exactly as it's written, and I'm going to tell you why. So this is another Japanese folktale. As I was reading through it, making my notes so that I could retell in my own words, I got to the end, and I discovered that this story is a transcription of a translated transcription of a folktale which was told by a traditional Japanese storyteller named Toshiko Endo. She told hundreds of japanese folk stories and they were recorded by hiroko fujita and then translated into english by uh makiko ishibashi so toshiko endo um had a a stroke uh, a paralytic stroke that left her aphasic so these are the last stories she was ever able to tell and they are the traditional um, versions of these stories so i wanted to tell this one exactly in her words at mm-hmm. least as translated into english mm-hmm because obviously no translation is perfect, but this is the English version of the story of Orosu. In Taira on Mount Azuma, right where the Amado River and the Arakawa River meet, there was once a big, big sugi tree, a cryptomeria, a kind of Japanese cedar. It was such a magnificent tree that the morning sun cast its shadow to the foot of Mount Azuma. In the evening, its shadow reached to the Abukuma River beach. That's how magnificent the sugi tree was. In those days, there were many fine trees famous in that area, such as willow in Shimizu, cherry in Shiratsu, and camellia in Yakata. When the wind blew from the west, their chatting came from the west. When it blew from the south, their chatting came from the south. When there was no wind, they asked the birds to send their messages. They were all living happily together. And the sugi tree, so old that nobody could tell when it had come out of the ground, was the leader of them all. By the Suki tree, there was a big mansion of a Chojasama, a village headman. And there a beautiful baby girl was born. She was such a beautiful baby. Her parents discussed what to name her. Her skin is as white as snow. Let's name her Yuki for snow. But snow isn't so nice because it melts quickly under the sun. She is as beautiful as a flower, so let's name her Hana for flower. No, flowers aren't so nice because they fade quickly. Hana would not pretend a long and healthy life. What should we name her? Well, you know the Oro sugi, old king sugi, standing over there is said to have been there for hundreds and thousands of years. What do you think about naming her Orosu after that tree? Yes, that's a good idea. So she was named Orosu at eight or nine she was already a fine looking girl. Her parents brought her up with great care, never let her out in the wind or the sun. Within a few more years, she became a beauty surpassing all other young women in the area. From near and far, a lot of men came seeking her hand. Some asked to take her to wife, and some asked to marry into her family. Some even offered to marry into her family with a dowry of 1,000 Cho of rice field. But when the man's family was a good match, the man himself was not good enough. When the man himself was good enough, his family wasn't a good match. Still waiting for her parents to decide on a husband for her, she turned sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Every morning, Orosu used to come to her parents' room to wake them up. Good morning, mother and father, she would call them with her beautiful voice like a bush warbler. So even when they were already awake, they would wait for her in their futon. But one morning, she didn't come. What's the matter with Orosu this morning? Is she sick? They waited a little longer, but couldn't wait any more. So they went to her room. She was in her futon. Her face was pale. Orosu, are you feeling sick, they asked, and she said yes. Then you had better stay in bed today, they told her. But when the evening came, she became uneasy, combing her hair and adjusting the kimono around her hips. What's wrong with her, they wondered. Her room was in the deepest part of the house. That night, her mother woke up and heard some chatting voices from her room. How strange! What is it? she wondered. She quietly slid the fusama, the sliding door, a little. She saw a beautiful young man sitting right by Orosu, talking intimately with her. What a handsome young man! I've never seen such a fine young man in this area. How did he get in? This house is well locked, all the doors and gates. How could he get in, she wondered. But she didn't ask. Orosu is old enough to have a man visiting her. She withdrew to her room. After a while, something seemed to be different about their daughter. We've noticed someone is visiting you these days. Who is that man, they asked. She said she didn't know. You must know it. You have to ask him his name and where he lives, they told her. I've asked him, but he wouldn't tell, said Orosu. Well then, they thought, we can do nothing about that. We will know it soon or later. But something serious was happening. Their precious daughter's belly started growing bigger. Uh Uh-oh. We can't wait anymore. Orosu has got to ask him. They told her to ask him, and she did. She put it mildly like this. So where do you live? But after this, the man stopped visiting her. They had been so intimate, and now the man stopped coming. Typical. She missed him terribly. She became sick and pale and retired to her futon. Her parents were very worried and didn't know what to do. Red flag, says (laughs) says, Rannan, yeah. Her parents were very worried and didn't know what to do. After she became sick, the man started visiting her again. He sat by Orosu, cooled her head with a damp towel, massaged her hands, and left again in the early morning. What should we do? We don't know who he is or when he is coming. We don't know what to do, her parents worried. In those days, there were 33 temples on top of Shiratsu, and great monks were studying and training there. Sometimes they came down to the village and asked for rice and miso. One of them came to Chojo-sama's house one day. So they asked the monk, would you listen to our story and give us advice? And they told him their problem. He listened and said, I am still in training, but I will ask my superior monk. Next day, he came down and told them, the superior monk said that if man doesn't tell you his name and where he is from, he may be an evil spirit. Tell your daughter to pin a threaded needle at the bottom of his hakama, his trousers, when he visits her again. And then he left. The mother had a loom. She pulled a thread from it and rolled and rolled it into a big ball. They told their daughter what to do with it. She said yes in her futon. The night came and it was after midnight when they heard a very low voices coming from her room. The man was saying he wouldn't be able to visit her anymore. Then he disappeared. The next morning, they started following the thread. To their surprise, it went through a little hole in a wooden shutter. From the hole in the shutter, it went over Tukiji and went further and further, further and further, and finally, they found the needle stuck into the bottom of the orosugi tree and the thread wrapped around it. No one, no human being can do this. It was the Sugi tree. We wanted the very best name for our daughter. Hannah wasn't good enough and Yuki wasn't good enough, so we named her orosu. But that was wrong. She became the beloved of the Sugi tree. They resigned themselves to giving their daughter as an offering to the tree. Oh, boy. But people in the area were alarmed when they heard this. No matter how old and precious the tree is, we don't want it to turn into a man and seduce a human girl. What will happen next? We have no choice but to cut it down. It was their conclusion.
1: This sounds like it's taking a turn.
0: (laughs) When Orosu heard this, she turned paler. She didn't care that he was really a sugi tree. He was the man she loved so much. She cried every day. Her parents explained to her, If we don't cut it down, we won't be able to save your life. Cutting it will break its attachment to you, and you can live. First, the great monk gave a prayer. All the people in the area gathered and hung a sacred straw garland around the tree, and then they started cutting the tree. They chopped the whole day. But when they returned to finish the job the next day, they found the tree intact. There wasn't even a nick to be seen. The bark was completely whole. How strange! We thought we cut the tree yesterday. Was it a dream? But it's impossible that all of us saw the same dream. They chopped at the tree again, hoping they were cutting it for real this time. But next day, they all went back there, only to find the tree intact again. This sugi tree surely has a strong spirit. If we do this wrongly, it will curse us. It's too scary. The villagers said they didn't want to cut it, and they all went home. (laughs) I don't blame them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. If I'm I'm trying to chop down a tree and it is self-repairing, I'm not supposed to chop that shit down. Nope, nope, you leave that tree alone. Even so, they knew that the only way to save Orosu was to cut the Sugi tree down. Besides, the villagers worried about their own daughters. Should Orosu die, the tree spirit might come next to one of the other village maidens. By all means, we have to cut it down. This time, they hired woodcutters from a village far away across the river. They cut at the tree, only to find it back together again the next day. We can't do it. This tree surely has an evil spirit. We had better leave it alone. Saying so, they all returned to their own village.
1: They always assume it's an evil spirit. It's just resilient.
0: (laughs) Orosu's father couldn't sleep. Wondering what to do, he was turning from side to side in his futon. After midnight, he heard somebody knocking on the wooden shutters of his room. Who on earth visits people at this time of the day, he wondered. A tree spirit. Who is it, he asked aloud. I'm too humble to bother you with my name. I just came here to tell you something, was the reply. Very well, then please come in. I can't show you my face. I want you to come out here, please. Oh boy, (laughs) I sense a trap. The father felt nervous and was going to bring a light. But the visitor asked him not to. I came to tell you how to save your daughter's life." The father would do anything to save his daughter. He jumped out onto the veranda and asked the visitor, "'What is it? Who are you?' The man said, "'I came here because I was shamed. No one must see me, but I wanted to give away their secret.'" "'What is it?' asked the father. "'Day after day, you hire dozens of people and try to cut that sugi tree. But even if you chop for years, you won't keep even a single wood chip out of it. Because every night, All the trees in this shindatsu area come to it and pick up all the wood chips and bark chips. This one goes back here, and that one goes back there, they say, and put them back all together. When the morning comes, the tree is all in one piece again. So no matter how long you try, you can't cut it down. The father asked him, Why are you telling me this? Well, my name is Toyogi, a kind of weed. All the trees around this area were saying, orosugi sama is wounded, it's horrible, it's horrible. Night after night, all the trees, even nameless bushes, even hagi, Japanese bush clover, went to fix him. I look like a grass, but because my name is Toyogi, and Toyo means tree, I thought I might be some kind of tree. I thought I should go to help him, too. So I went there and told them that I came to help. You don't belong to the tree family. You are a grass, said Kusagi, a kind of tree that's only three meters tall. I couldn't stand being embarrassed by such a low-class tree. (laughs) I just couldn't stand it, so I came here to tell you the secret." (laughs)
1: A low class tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. The grass is offended. Well, I'm, I'm offended <laughs> for the grass.
0: All right, I see. But is there any way we can cut it down? asked the father. Well, make a fire by the tree, and when you cut out a piece, put it in the fire. That way, the trees that come at night won't be able to fix him. I think you can cut him down that way. What do you think? asked Toyogi. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, the father thanked Toyogi. Then Toyogi disappeared, and the father went back to his futon and slept.
1: Can I make a point mm-hmm. that he's not worried about the grass that no. came to talk to yeah. him?
0: <laughs> that's fine. The grass <laughs> isn't interested in his daughter, so I guess. <laughs> okay. Next morning, he woke up and thought, was it a dream? I thought a weed, Toyogi, came here. Was he really here? He told me of trees coming to fix the wounded tree. But I have never heard of such things. What should I think about this? He put on his zori, his formal sandals, and went to the temple on Shiratsu. He told the story to the holy priest there. I'm not sure if it was a dream or real, but that's what I heard. Then the priest said, it must be true. It makes sense. You had better try it right away. So the father called out people again and explained to them. They decided to try again. This time, they made a big fire by the tree. Every time they got a wood chip, they prayed and put it into the fire. Next day, when they came back to the tree, they found the tree still as it was when they had left it the evening before. They rekindled the fire and cut the tree again. They kept at it day after day. I don't know how long it took to cut down the tree. Because it was such a big tree, I'm pretty sure it took weeks or even a month. Finally, the tree was about to fall. Pale Orosu watched it crash, her tears falling in drops. Since it was a tree with such a strong spirit, people didn't want to waste it in the making of small boats. Every year, the bridge down Sugawa River is washed away by the flood of Arakawa River. We have not been able to make a bridge strong enough to withstand the floods. This sugi tree would make a sturdy bridge if its spirit were successfully persuaded, and that way, its second life would be calm and quiet. They tried to carry it down the mountain, but it didn't move an inch. They hired people from across the river and over the mountains. Hundreds of people pulled ropes tied around the trunk, shouting with one voice, but it didn't move even an inch. The elders said, This tree is still attached to Orosu. That's why it doesn't move. Perhaps we should ask Orosu to come and go with the tree. The father couldn't say no. He told his pale daughter, who was in her futon. She agreed, got herself ready, and came out. Maybe she thought it was her last time to see her lover. She had her hair done beautifully and wore beautiful kimono and zori with red thongs. When she came out holding her father's hand, she looked so beautiful and graceful, not even the most beautiful bride in the whole world would be a match for her. Orosu came and touched the fallen tree. "'I will stay with you, so please come with me,' she said, and touched it gently. The trunk, which hundreds of people couldn't move at all, started moving by itself. Orosu kept telling it, "'I'm coming with you, I'm coming with you,' and touched it gently again and again. She brought it all the way down to the river. From this wood, the people built the bridge that you see today down at the Sugawa River. It was very sturdy. Thanks to the bridge, crossing the river became a lot easier. Without being washed away, it has been there for a very long time. By the way, Orosu gave birth to two babies. They were twins. But they didn't grow well, and they died soon. Futagatsuka, name of a place meaning Twins Mound, is where they were buried. A little while later, Orosu followed the twins in death. After that, people started hearing voices chatting at the foot of the bridge. Sometimes they heard some giggling, too. Orosu's spirit went to the bridge, to the sugi tree. They are back together and living happily now, people said. And they would put their hands together in a prayer of thanks when they crossed the bridge.
1: That's very cool. Although I really like what Rhiannon and Gray says, Call me grass again, bro. I'll expose all your secrets and kill the ancient tree.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> Call me grass. Call me grass. Yellow tree. The
0: audacity. <laughs> Elle says, What a breath of fresh air from the parents, though, not immediately locking up their daughter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she has a she has a mysterious midnight visitor, and her mom's just like, oh, she's old enough for that. <laughs> It's only a problem when she gets pregnant and they're like, now you do have to marry him, to be clear.
1: (laughs) Since you're pregnant.
0: Uh huh. (laughs) But you can have a midnight visitor that you don't know the name or home of. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Like you're having a good time. It's a sad one says Rihanna Grey, but they're all together in the end yeah. I guess. Yeah, I yeah. think that was I think ultimately the the implication is like that was the only way they could be together yeah. because yeah. it seemed like his attachment to her, the tree's attachment to her was making her sick yeah, somehow. Yeah, it was
1: kind of dra- uh, draining her mm-hmm. life somehow. Because
0: even before she got pregnant, she was sickly. She was she was um she was getting sick and pale mm-hmm. and her parents had noticed that. As soon as he started visiting her. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. their love was tragic. Their love was tragic. And they could only be together in death. That's right. Riannon says a lot of Japanese folklore is like that, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not as many, like, transparently happy endings. Yeah. More sort of melancholy or bittersweet. Yep, that's true. So that was uh, a story from spiritoftrees.org was where I found that one. And like I said, it was retold by Toshiko Endo and then translated into English. That's why I read it exactly the way it was, because that's how it was told by a traditional Japanese folktale storyteller.
1: That's very
0: cool. Actually, yeah, Rannon says, lots of yokai and other spirits naturally drain humans, even mm-hmm. if they don't mean it to. Yeah, and I think that's probably what's happening here with yeah. the sugi tree, is he just, his nature is incompatible with hers mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. So, we are we are gonna wrap this one up, because yep. that's all the stories that we have. Yeah. Uh, you can find us <clears throat> online if you go to the search engine of your choice and you type the number three and the words Pagans and a Cat or the number three and the letters P A A C. You can also find us online at the number three, pagans where you can find links to all the things we do, including our Patreon, where you can help support us, and a Redbubble, where you can get merch if you are into that. Gwyn's Patheos Pagan blog, where she is updating twice a month.
1: Right now it's once a month.
0: Once a month. You can also find Gwyn on TikTok, where yep. she does TikTok y things.
1: You can also email Ode and myself mm-hmm. uh, if you desire a reading. We will never reach out to anyone no. else. This, uh,
0: Gwyn has this problem on Instagram. She does not have... There are a bunch of fake Gwyn accounts, basically, that will reach out to people and say, like, Hi, sweetheart. Do you want a reading from me? Yes, it always is like, hello, love. Yeah, it's always the I get, weirdest.
1: I, I sense that you want me to have give yeah. you a reading. It's so like, that no, is, that's not me. That
0: is never Gwyn. So if you want a reading from Gwyn, you have to reach out to her. Yep. At I- Gwyn at 3 3 Uh That's the email address. And then mine is owed at a cat.com. Correct. Because um, we do offer tarot readings, but you're going to have to initiate that. We are not going to reach out to you to do it. That's right.
1: <laughs> that is right. We will never solicit uh-uh. for uh, to do readings for no, people. No,
0: certainly not in people's DMs. No. just, just the wildest scheme. I know. Anyway, I think that's it. I think that's all the things we that's do. That's all the things. All right. Go read a story. Yeah. Go to, go to uh, spiritoftrees.org, which was where I found this. They have a bunch of other folktales about mm-hmm. uh, trees as well.
1: And if you find a fucking story about an Earth daddy <laughs> that's not Gaia, send me an email.
0: I spent two hours trying to find stories about Pachamama. Oh
1: my God. Seriously. No, I, I'm being serious. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But we loved it and yep. it's fun. So we hope you enjoyed it too. Yes. So, okay. Goodbye. Bye.